Hi, I'm Jess Dane, co-owner of Triple Eight Race Engineering, and you are listening to The Podium. This is the podium where we celebrate the best from the world of motorsport. And our next guest is one of the key people involved in the day-to-day running of Triple Eight Race Engineering. She's now also part of the broadcast coverage for the Australian Racing Group. I speak of Jessica Dane. Jess, thanks so much for joining us on the podium. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Now, Jess, you know, a lot of people are already aware of what you do with Triple Eight Race Engineering. However, this new role that's come about this year, how did it come about and... Yeah, I understand that you already have a background in journalism, isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, I seem to have a, have a few different strings to my bow now if I look back at my CV. But um, it came about last year. I actually got approached, um, got a call one day from Gary Rogers, of all people, who, of course, is um, is a major part of the, uh, the Australian racing group. And he called me and asked if I'd be interested in joining the broadcast team. And I thought, oh, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long time since I last held a microphone. Um, but yeah, never one to turn down a challenge. And of course, last year, um, none of the ARG events happened. Um, the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships didn't, didn't happen at all because of COVID. So it's been fantastic this year. We kicked off at Simmons Plains and yeah, that was my first time in front of the camera holding the microphone instead of answering the questions for a very long time. But I, I have a background in broadcast journalism uh, back when I was in the UK. But I actually decided then that I wasn't particularly good at asking questions and then listening to the answer in order to <laughs> ask the next question. So I decided I should probably leave that side of it to someone else. And I was um, I was uh, producing for a bit um, before I came back to Australia and got stuck into supercars. And then apart from briefly dabbling in TV production in 2015, again, as, as a producer, not in front of the camera, um, apart from that, I thought that my TV days were long behind me, but I am absolutely loving it. I love the challenge. Thankfully, I think that I have improved <laughs> since I last attempted to be a broadcaster in front of the camera, um, which is very fortunate. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Great challenge, great group of people and feel very fortunate to have been given the opportunity. Well, yeah, you mentioned that debut at Simmons Plains there with the ARG group. Were there nerves going into that weekend? Because, you know, it's a very different role from what you're accustomed to at a race weekend. (laughs) How did you prepare for it? There were certainly nerves. Um, Prepared for it by doing as much research as I possibly could because the great fun thing about getting involved with ARG is that I'm being exposed to and working in categories that I haven't been involved in before. So everything from TCM and Trans Am through to, although I don't directly work on the TCR and S5000 broadcasts, it's great to be working in the pit lane with those teams and seeing how they function and getting up close and personal with the cars, which I haven't done before. Um, And that's all, yeah, it's, it's great fun. As long as you've done your research, then it's not too bad. But thankfully, I don't typically get too nervous about stuff if I know that I'm in control of my own destiny. Um, <laughs> as soon as we're, I'm, I'm terrible. I'm the worst at the Bathurst 1000. It's that Sunday is a day of pure nerves for me, purely because I, um, 
once the cars go out on track, I know that there is absolutely nothing I can do to influence the performance of the cars. And that makes me more nervous. If something is within my control, I don't tend to get nervous. So thankfully, when I'm um, broadcasting, when I'm doing the TV stuff, because I know that I'm the only person in charge of my actions who can control what I'm doing, I don't get too nervous but there is always that kind of little flutter of excitement in the butterflies before you go live that that's just all part of the fun well you mentioned they're going through all the garages there's a few teams there that are connected to supercars what is it like stepping into the garages of some of your supercar competitors <laughs> it's um uh, to be honest it's nothing um, it feels a little bit weird at first especially in gt so at the Bathurst six hour we had Triple Eight Race Engineering running a car in the Australian GT Championship. And it was a bit strange for me then going down to the Melbourne Performance Centre garage and standing in there waiting to ambush Chaz and Garth when they jumped out of the Audis to, to do a quick interview during the race. So, um, yeah, that, that was a little bit strange. But, no, fortunately, um, it's not it's not. too – it's not uncomfortable or anything like that. Everyone makes you feel very welcome and – because there's obviously no trade secrets going between, um, you know, Triple Eight and any of the TCRS 5000 teams. It's, nobody has an issue with it. And one of the great things about motorsport is it's such a friendly and welcoming atmosphere that no matter what you're doing, um, everybody just wants to make make it fun and and everyone's there just to enjoy themselves at the end of the day. Well, that's the thing. You've managed to interview a few people that you're very close with, like SVG and even Garth Tander. What are they like to interview? Do they? How are they responding to you? <laughs> um, I actually have not been more, well, as I said, don't really get nervous, but I was dreading for the whole of the six hour, the times when I had to interview Shane and um, Roland. And fortunately, they both were extremely business-like. In fact, it was actually quite boring, if I think back. <laughs> I, was, I was so well-prepared and I you know, had everything. I was so armed for them to make my life extremely hard. And they were both complete professionals, which in hindsight was actually quite boring. Um, but I guess it did make my job easier. Well, we've just mentioned SVG there. Let's talk about supercars. The championship this season started at Bathurst, where it finished off in 2020. Was it weird for you starting the championship season at Bathurst? And talk about SVG's awesome run there. Yeah, we've had um, had quite a different start to the year. We're starting at Bathurst, having been there. I felt I felt like I was practically living at Bathurst over the last few months, which is not a bad place to feel like you're living. I might add, um, but yeah, it was it was strange going there. Adelaide is one of my favourite events, so it was a real shame not to have that as the season opener as we're used to but um going to Bathurst anytime is very very special and to go there after winning the 1000 and then be and then be able to back it up in such form was oh it was a it was a dream start to the year um and then Shane of course has had this fantastic run um through until that last race at Simmons Plains which is the first time in a long time that we haven't had a car on the podium in, in race three at Tassie but to be honest that's I mean it's it's good for the sport as much as we enjoy winning at Triple Eight we're always very conscious about what is what it, we're we're always looking at the big picture of the sport and if you have one team dominating that's not good for the sport so on one hand you've got to love seeing Shane on that on that run and I think anybody who can appreciate not just motorsport but sport in general 
can really appreciate that we have seen something really, really special in the dominance that he has shown in, in the performance that he's shown, not only doing it <laughs> as a driver, but as a driver with one arm after he broke his collarbone and broke three ribs to go with it. So that's been that's been really special. But on the other hand, we're always thinking about um, what's best for the sport and what gives the fans the most entertainment. And um, if we've got other people like Cam, like Chaz, um, those guys, and, and hopefully we've seen more of Anton and Will up the front as well, um, dicing it out at the front, then it's only good for the sport and the entertainment package. Definitely. Well, you mentioned that injury. I'm sure there would have been a lot of nerves within the Triple Eight organisation between Bathurst and Sandown. Tell me, how close was he not to competing that weekend? And when did you finally know that he'd actually be right to go? Um, I think we, in, in my head, I never really, and maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but certainly in my head, I never really thought that he wouldn't and I know we we always left it down until that first practice session the first time he took the curves at sand down to see how he felt um and that was the telling factor as soon as he did that and knew he was okay then we knew we we're in the clear for the weekend but I also know Shane and I, it would have taken an awful awful lot to stop him doing everything he could to get in the car and on top of that I know this team and the way that the whole team banded together to get Shane in the position to even drive the car, let alone win, was just phenomenal. The, what, what you don't appreciate when you're watching Shane come from 17th to 1st is how much everybody worked together to give him the environment in order for him to be able to do that. Um, and we're not just talking about modifications to the car. Um, we're talking about how everyone was, was in some way involved in his recovery and um, how we looked after the environment around him to create the best possible mental space for him to prepare properly. So an awful lot goes into it, and I was so, so proud to see everybody band together and, and get that result as a team, not just as Shane as an individual driver. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I kind of, it wasn't it wasn't in that much doubt, but that also shows the faith that I have in our team physio, Chris Brady, who has been um he's been the backbone of Shane's recovery really and we owe an awful lot to him a great deal of gratitude um to him for all his work in getting Shane to where he was as quickly as as quickly as he was there and, and is there now. We're still managing things of course. I mean the broken ribs aren't going to fix themselves overnight and every time he gets in the car it probably takes his recovery a step back. But we're always finding ways to make him more comfortable and to make sure that he can be as at the top of his game as he possibly can be in the circumstances. Well, definitely. Well, yeah, six wins in a row to start the season. Quite impressive. Jamie Wincup, of course, had a win as well at Tassie. Your team, seven wins out of eight this season. Look like you're going to run away with the championship. Tell me, what are the changes that have been made to this year's car that has made it leaps and bounds above all the competition? And never speak too soon. <laughs> never, <laughs> never talk about running away with championships or anything because there's still an awful long way to go. Um, I don't think it's so much changes with the car. There hasn't been a great deal of change coming into um, 21 because, of course, there's been massive focus on Gen 3 and preparing for 2022. So, um, you know, there hasn't there hasn't been a great deal of change or development. I think the team is just in a really good place. Um, we you you always feel as good as your 
last race. And for us at the back of 2020, that was coming off the back of a Bathurst 1000 win. So we came in um, already kind of still riding that Bathurst 1000 wave, um, which, you know, isn't the usual way to finish a season because Bathurst 1000 is not usually the season finale. But, um, yeah, I think the just the way that the team is working together this year is very strong. We're, we had such a difficult year. We as, as a sport, not, um, you know, at Triple Eight as a Brisbane-based team, we had it a lot easier than the Melbourne-based teams. But we as a sport were coming off the back of a very difficult year. So there was definitely a feeling of optimism coming into this year that we know how to manage COVID. We know how to go racing in these circumstances. And we know that for Triple Eight's perspective, we can win while we're in those circumstances. So, um, yeah, there was an element of confidence um, coming in and, and belief that we that we can do this in this weird COVID environment that we're living in. Um, but, yeah, also the, the culture is good at the moment. Everybody's enjoying everyone else's company. Um, and we're in a state of um, expansion as well. Like We've got exciting stuff going on at Triple H. We've got a new workshop down the road to which we're moving all of our manufacturing and we're increasing our involvement in um, customer racing and other categories and that, that kind of thing, which is giving people opportunities to work in different areas and expand their skills and their um, and their knowledge in other areas, which always comes back to helping their performance on yep. um, on supercars. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on, and I think we're just as a team, we're in a really good place. For sure. Well, there's been a lot of huge announcements from your team this season. First of all, though, I want to ask you about this Bathurst wildcard entry because this kind of took the whole motorsport community by surprise. Bringing Russell Lingle back out of retirement and teaming him up with Brock Feeney. Whose mastermind idea was this and how long did it take to, to get all sorted? <laughs> to be honest, it, it, it almost surprises me that it's, <laughs> that it's a surprise to other people because obviously we've been working on it for, for a while as these things, these things come, to, um, come to the public eye after a great deal of planning in the back end. So... Um, yeah, I'm glad that people were surprised. <laughs> that means that everybody did did a good job of keeping quiet about it. Um, but yeah, we've had we've had the fantastic support from Super Chief Auto this year. They're of course a new partner of ours, and um, they have been they've come to the party kind of full full kilt and that uh, full tilt sorry, and um, and it's it's been great fun working with them. And they say, can we do this? And we say, you know what? Why not? Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a fun project, and I'm really excited to go to Bathurst with the third car. We did that in 2013 as well with the Xbox car, and they had a fantastic run. They finished in the top ten. They finished tenth, um, which with two foreign drivers, one of whom had never been to Bathurst in his life, was a really really impressive result. So we're hoping that we can go better with. Um, of course, we're we're hoping to to get a really solid um, result with the super cheap auto car and Russell and Brock. And I think Russell's greatly <laughs> relishing the opportunity to get back behind the wheel of one of these cars. And of course the cars have changed a lot from when he last drove. So um, it's a bit of a learning curve for him, but you know, they talk about, you can't teach old dogs new tricks, but I reckon, <laughs> I reckon we can, uh, this might be an exception to that rule. For sure. Well, you mentioned bringing a third car back for Bathurst you guys, of course, used to have three cars within your team. There's a lot of RECs on the market at the moment. 
Has your team expressed a desire to maybe bring another car back into the fold again in the future? No, no, leave that to someone else. We always said we would only run a third car for Craig and Craig's not coming back in, back into full-time driving, um, at least as far as he's told us. So, um, hey, if he chooses to, if he decides that one day I might might come back into full-time driving, then he knows that he's the only person who we'd run a third car for if, if it all stacked up. No worries. Well, the other huge talking point began just before the Supercar Championship started and it all involved the ownership around Triple Eight. So RD stepping down at the end of this season, Jamie Winkup retiring from his full-time driving role and becoming the team principal and managing director of the organisation. Tell me, how long were these talks in place? It all happened very quickly, actually. Um, I think, you know, I had just said that these things have been in planning a lot longer, um, you know, that these things start being planned a lot earlier than when they come to the public eye. But in that case, it all happened, it all happened very quickly. Um, so talk started late 2020. Um, I sat down with Queenie for the first time in, I think it was November. Um, and it all kind of, and, and Jamie has sat down with him before that as well. And Queenie is really about, the um about the future of triple eight and about the future of motorsport and it's wonderful to have somebody of his passion so invested in triple eight and sport um and yeah so jamie and i both sat down with him individually and he it kind of felt like he was (laughs) he was auditioning us but then he said oh it feels like you're auditioning me and um, i said yeah i guess it works both ways we need to make sure that the person coming into triple eight is the is the right person you know we would never just kind of sell such a we would never sell any of it let alone such a big chunk of it to to just anyone um so yeah it all came came together very quickly and very smoothly because i think when you've got people who are all aligned and motivated aligned in the same direction and motivated to the same level these things are very very easy and it has been nothing but that smooth sailing so far quinnie tony quinn is a is an absolute asset to the team. You know, he's not involved in the day-to-day running, but when he is here, um, he's a pleasure to have around the workshop. We had a board meeting, our first board meeting just yesterday, actually. And, um, yeah, everyone's always very happy to see him. He tries to get to know most of the team. He wants to understand the people. And he's really passionate about the direction in which the company is going. So, um, yeah, it was it was a big shake-up, but um, one that's definitely been really excellent so far well the huge story as well was jamie winkup announcing that he'll be retiring tell me what direction do you think the team will look at next year with filling that role will they look to employ a rookie or an experienced driver because you guys have got angelo mazuris and brock feeney there of course already within the organization uh we spoke to jack perkins recently and he said that you guys should even consider maybe a Chaz mostert if he can somehow come (laughs) over to the come over to the team and has Russell Ingle even expressed an interest in, in taking that role? I think if uh, if we're looking to the to bring somebody back, Russell might have to beat off Craig, <laughs> um, Craig and Garth actually. No, we'll um, we do we've got a you know a short list of of kind of six people who who are all genuine potentials, and that ranges from current supercars drivers to bringing in some of those young kids. I mean, between Angelo and Brock, they're extremely talented. And unfortunately, because of COVID last year, we didn't get a chance to see too much of that. But we started off the year at Bathurst um, 
with a front row lockout and a one-two finish, which is just, I mean, they're, they're two excellent drivers. So they've both got a lot of promise. Um, but then, yeah, you also have to look at, they've, by the end of this year, they will have each had one year of Super 2 under their belt. So then you've also got to look at, well, is, is that enough? Is that enough to step into main game? Do we need an option in case they we don't feel like they're, they're ready enough? Any of those young guys are ready enough? And there are an awful lot of very talented current drivers, um, current supercars drivers who might be suitable. Um, so, yeah, it, it feels like it's... Um, <laughs> it feels like we're not as prepared for this decision as, as we would otherwise, as, as most decisions that we usually are prepared for, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's it's very it's probably more wide open than we thought that it would be, but that's only because there is such a high caliber of driver vying for the seat. Yeah, well. At the announcement at the beginning of the season with the changes to the ownership structure and roles there at the at the team, uh, it was said that Roland Dave, Roland Dame would be providing a lot of tutelage to Jamie throughout the season. How's that been going so far? And how's Jamie feeling about this new role next season? Yeah, I think it's well. It's, to be honest, it's tutelage to both of us um, because although Jamie gets the Jamie has the the titles of team principal and managing director, um, it's very much going to be a joint effort between us especially at, with the rate that triple eight is expanding you know we're not just supercars we've also got super two we've got gt both of those programs are expanding um and there's plenty of opportunity in other categories so jamie and i are very much working together and we're learning as much as we can um a lot of it is learning by osmosis with with rd <laughs> but that's um that's often the sometimes the best way to learn we have to sit back and, and observe and try and just be sponges. We really just need to be sponges this year. And um, it's important for both of us that we don't approach it as though we're trying to replace RD because he is a very unique character. He has a very unique management method and it has worked. I mean, Triple Eight has been the most successful team of almost the last two decades. So it's really a case for Jamie and me of working out what our style of leadership is and how we can extract the very best from the team while giving them the best possible working environment and uh, yeah that's what this year is all about really so it's about about observing of listening of absorbing as much as we can and then hopefully putting in, it into uh, successful practice next year so uh, stay tuned <laughs> definitely definitely well short term we've got the bend coming up and then the wind the Winton round of the championship just after that. How do you think the team will be performing at those events? Oh, look, the bend wasn't great for us last year. Um, we, when we obviously didn't go to Winton, um, but all we can do is just not sit back and rest on our laurels. We, we very, we don't do that anyway, but um, we need to approach every track as if we're coming to it um coming to it completely fresh and green and revising notes from previous years, but also taking on board everything we've learned since we were last there, which considering we haven't been to Winton in a, in a very long time, the cars have evolved since then. Um, obviously more similar, the, uh, the cars are more similar to, for the bend um, as last time we were there at the, towards the end of last year. So there's certainly learnings that we can take from that. So never, never, 
kind of push expectations on ourselves to to do to perform at a certain level we always have to come in and expect to do to do um not not badly we would never expect ourselves to do badly but um never never think that we're going to be better than anyone else because that's when that's when you stay hungry that's what makes you push for for strong cars when you roll out of the truck and um, I think that's where we've been strong this year actually is, is having those good setups when we roll out of the truck so we will see how we uh, how we go come the bend and then Winton but they're always great fun places to go to um, the bend is just a phenomenal circuit and Winton is um, Winton is one of those places that looks complex uh, sorry that looks simple on paper but then you go and turn it's actually it's actually pretty complex um and creates some good racing so yeah looking forward to, to heading to both of those places over the next month or so for sure well one thing that not many listeners would know is that you're also doing a law degree at the moment juggling everything yeah yeah <laughs> juggling everything how do you balance how do you balance everything at the moment not entirely sure to be honest i get asked that quite a lot <laughs> and um, i kind of just approach each day as it comes and i'm luckily for me i'm quite good at my own personal time management so i'm certainly not one of those people who will be glued to my computer trying to cram trying to use every single minute of the day um to get study in i i like to lead a balanced life so you know i've had a whole two weekends at home which <laughs> which feels a bit bizarre but um came off the back of a few race weekends in a row across all the stuff that i'm doing and had the first weekend, which was Tazzy. So I watched Tazzy from from the sofa at home, but um, had a nice sociable weekend that weekend, watching watching the racing with mates and catching up with the people who I haven't seen for a while because I have been on the road so much. And then full knowing that this long weekend that we've just had, um, I would have to spend the best part of three solid days with my head down, pumping out a competition law assignment. Um, and got there in the end, but... Um, yeah, I'm I'm fortunate that I can I'm good with managing my time. I'm not one for leaving assignments to the last minute or anything like that. <laughs> and looking ahead, I've got some uh, got some major deadlines coming up over probably what's going to be the busiest six weeks of the year for me, um, which I cannot wait for. And I, to be honest, I relish being that busy. I absolutely love it. And having had two weeks at home, I'm wondering what to do with myself and can't wait to get on a plane to go to Sydney tomorrow for the uh, for the upcoming ARG round at Sydney Motorsport Park. So even though it can feel a little overwhelming when I'm looking at my calendar and wondering how on earth I'm going to get my next three assignments done in the space of five weeks, one of which is a research capstone, which is a major piece of work, um, I just I look ahead at my calendar and think, okay, I know that on on this day I can dedicate to doing this research and on that day I know that I could be working in the law firm, which I'm also doing this semester is working in a law firm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> trying to trying to throw everything in, but it's just about how you prioritize your time. Everyone has the same number of hours in a day and one of my pet hates is people who say that they don't have time to do something because everyone has the same number of hours in a day. It's just how you prioritize them. Definitely. Well, with staying so busy, what do you want to be doing in the future? What's further down the track for you? I can only really think to the end of my law degree, which actually I've had a bit of a, I've had a bit of a kind of self revelation recently because I've been saying for the last, um, last over two years that my, I'm only thinking as far as the end of my law degree, but now my law degree will be finished in February, all going to plan. And, um, and I'm like, that, that's less than a year. I have to start think, genuinely thinking about <laughs> what happens after that. But to be honest, I'm, I'm excited 
to be able to spend more time racing and and hopefully you know hopefully the broadcast stuff that I'm doing um with ARG continues next year fingers crossed if if they want me back um and also I'm working on the Australian Rally Championship um hosting the coverage for that championship as well which I'm absolutely loving but the fantastic thing about what I've been getting to do is that I'm being exposed to all these different categories of motorsport that I might not necessarily have worked in otherwise and I know that even if I'm not doing the broadcasting side of it next year I definitely want to still be involved in those categories in some way particularly rally so um, you know next year I imagine I will be spending just as much time if not more time doing motorsport um, but without constantly having it hanging over my head that I'm supposed to be writing an assignment or studying for an exam. I reckon I reckon well Jessica Dane Really appreciate you taking the time out of the very busy schedule that you do have and all the very best with the study, the broadcasting and, of course, the role there at Triple Eight Racing. Thank you so much. It's been, been great to chat, good to catch up and uh, hopefully chat to you again soon.